Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Narrated by Kurt Bonham. Chapter 38 Psychography Back at the Steinhardt building, I head to Wakambi's office in search of the professor and Sapphire. The muffled sounds of Diabolus and Musica plays through Wakambi's door. My skin tingles and crawls. It's the same song Rizzo said I heard played when I time-traveled and saw Paganini as a baby. My veins pulse and thrum in sync with the rich, somber tone. My fingertips tense, and there's an inclination to strum along like an elusive itch I have to scratch. I squash the feeling and open the door. Sapphire plays her violin, practicing Paganini, and finishes Diabolus and Musica flawlessly. Wakambi sits at his desk, his stare locked on Sapphire. Again, he says. And Sapphire plays Paganini. Wakambi looks at me. Mr. Daniels, was your mission successful? I pull out the stack of vellum in a victory wave. Mr. Graves was keen for me to stay for his special tour, but I told him I had to bring you this vellum. He taps his fingers on his desk, his face unimpressed. And now, here you are. Knowing I shouldn't hold anything back from Wakambi, I say, I think I may have gotten off on the wrong foot with Graves. Why do you say that? His stony face is unwavering. I may have insulted him when I declined his tour, but he said we'd meet again, and I told him I looked forward to it. Wakambi shuts his eyes and rubs the middle of his forehead. Mr. Daniels, you are a confounding enigma wrapped in question marks that astounds me. He motions toward two chairs. But for now, if you and Miss Anju will join me at my desk, there is some writing to do. My handwriting's horrible. Mr. Daniels, for the moment, I need you to sit next to Miss Anju and be quiet. He places a stack of Paganini's music in front of Sapphire. We now have the special vellum. We have the three compositions from Paganini. I placed them in order. Twenty-four caprices, cantabili, and le streghe on top. He then adds a piece of plain vellum to the stack. Please, use this pen. He hands Sapphire an old gold pen with a hammered finish. Nice pen. I say, you have an excellent eye. This pen was passed down to me from my uncle, who received it from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle? Like the Sherlock Holmes Doyle? I ask. Wickhamby ignores my question. Miss Anjou, you have earned the right to play Diablis in Musica Sonata. 
That is why you will be the first person to lay your eyes on this hidden music after it's revealed, which hasn't been seen these last hundred years. I can't see any of the music through the vellum, Sapphire says. What am I supposed to write? Hold on. Wukambi walks to a switch on the wall, flips it, and the entire room goes from bright daylight to a soft blue. And now? It's like moonlight. My gaze sticks on the light bulb in the center of the ceiling. Yes, it's moonlight. Wukambi touches the vellum. But I must warn you, Miss Anju, to make this ritual work, whoever plays this song surrenders a sliver of their soul forever to the music. He leans forward and looks at Sapphire. Are you able to do this? Yes. Professor Stone risked his life for this music. Boone and I have risked our lives. I live for music every day. I'm ready. Sapphire lifts the pen, and her hand writes musical notes. What is going on? I have no control. My hand is writing on its own. Musical note after note after note appears on the page. Her hand moves at a furious pace all the way to the bottom. Ow! She jerks her hand back. Her fingers release their grip on the pen, and it falls on McCamby's desk. She leaps from the chair and shakes out her hand. She sucks the tips of her fingers. I wish you would have told me your pen bites so hard. The experience is different for every individual. I wasn't sure what you'd feel or how intense your experience would be, McCamby says. Sapphire sits. That experience, it rips deep and rips something from me. Zoosh! A surge of energy zings through my body. My chair pulls itself closer to the table. A blank vellum sheet and Paganini's music launches into the air. The sheets of music land in front of me in a neat stack. Twenty-four caprices on the bottom, Cantabile in the middle, and Le Streghe on top. Blank vellum swirls, falls, and lands neatly on top of Le Streghe. The pen jumps into my hand, and I madly scribble musical notes onto the vellum. What are you doing? Stop, Wakambi says. The person destined to play the piece has to be the one to write it out, and that's Miss Anju. Wakambi grabs my arm. Stop! It doesn't work for anyone else. I know, I've tried. Heat flares through my core, courses up my chest, into my arms, down to my fingers. I struggle to stop the pen from moving, to drop the pen, but my fingers won't unwrap. Boone, stop! Sapphire pleads. I can't! The pen or vellum is in charge. Books shake on the shelves. Objects fly across the room. Stacks of academic papers are tossed about by unseen hands. The incandescent bulb in the lamp on the desk grows brighter, brighter, brighter until it explodes. Sweat breaks across my brow. My muscles cramp. Pain sears. My insides twist. A rip tears deep in my being, and then the pain vanishes, and I'm left with an odd knowing that a piece of my soul is gone forever. The pen quits writing. Papers and books crash down onto the floor and furniture. 
My fingers release. I fumble the pen. It falls, bounces off the vellum, rolls to a stop in front of Wakambi. I grab the edge of the desk and suck in a mouthful of air. My lungs burn. What was that? I glance at Wakambi. He's covering his ears. Shock and surprise blasts across his face. Sapphire's hands are over her mouth. Her gaze is frozen in a get-me-off-this-ride expression. Wakambi drops his hands from his ears. What we've witnessed is called psychography. Automatic writing. It's where a person produces written words without the actual mechanics of writing. Or in this case, produces music that sears itself into your heart, mind, and soul, Wakambi says. Since the person who plays the song must be the one who also writes it out, it seems you have a bigger part to play in all of this, Mr. Daniels. I stand up and kick my chair backward. I steady myself against his desk. It was so weird. In my head, I could see Sapphire playing. And this burning sensation traveled up and down my arms. And a flood of understanding fills me. And I knew the music in its entirety as if I had played the piece. Wakambi stands and walks around his desk. I remember reading a reference. It's, it's your condition. It must be. It has to be. Wakambi's voice catches an excited knowing. Of course, it's the only explanation. My condition, I say. Your form of synesthesia is more acute and the rarest of all, he says. Sapphire played the piece when you came in. And you felt the music because you possess what I can only explain as an expression of musical kinesthetic synesthesia. Wakambi returns to his chair and sits. In layman's terms, when you see and or hear someone play a song, you're able to copy them. But I don't play the violin. I play the guitar. Wakambi rests his arm on his desk and intertwines his fingers together. Paganini also played the guitar. He cracks his neck, adjusts his vest, and stares at the two sheets of vellum covered in music. He points to the vellum in front of me. What do you see, Mr. Daniels? Diabolus in Musica Sonata, I read the title out loud. Written for the guitar. On the music in front of you, Miss Anjou, what do you see? Diabolus in Musica Sonata, written for the violin. But, Professor, when you showed me how the sonata should be played, you hummed the song's tune perfectly, like you knew it by art, like you heard it before, like you played it before. She stands, slaps her hands against the vellum, and the table shakes. You said this song hadn't been heard in hundreds of years, yet you knew how this song is played. I stand up and place my hand over Sapphire's hand. Her fingers twist around my fingers and pressure squeeze. Heat builds in my chest, back, and neck. Explain yourself, Wikambi. What's going on here? Professor Stone taught me Diablis in Musica Sonata note for note. He made me memorize the song note for note. Wikambi's voice strains. 
because he knew it would be played again in the future. He extends his open palm toward Sapphire. Arnstone told me I'd be the one to teach the song to the student with the most aptitude. His stare carries the same frustration that festers in my gut. And then his gaze softens. Sapphire collapses into the chair behind her. When I first came to NYU, I had a different music professor. And Stone changed my schedule so that I'd end up as your student. He must have known everything would happen the way everything's happened. I sit back down in my chair. That Stone was a mad genius on another level that was on another level on another level. Stone was a remarkable man, McCamby says. He switches the vellum in front of us. Let's not let this memory be stained, or forget why we're here. He taps the vellum in front of me. And now what do you see? I blink and stare. Nothing. The vellum is blank. Sapphire touches her throat. There's nothing on my vellum either. He switches them back. And now? The notes are back. I touch the vellum. What I wrote has returned too, Sapphire says. That portion of the ritual was more successful than I could have imagined, McCamby says. How does playing Paganini's secret sonata help us destroy it? Sapphire looks at McCamby with an expression of disbelief. Does it destroy itself? No. From everything I've read and researched, the song is not destroyed when you play the sonata. But after it's played, it may be possible to destroy the sheets of music. But the devil gets summoned after the music gets played? I ask. Inhale hot air. Look around for the towering beast I remember seeing when I saw baby Paganini. The devil appears after you play the song under the moonlight tonight at midnight at Belvedere Castle. Wakambi walks around the room and picks up stray papers and books and straightens the music stands that fell. He glances at a brass clock on his desk. His body stiffens. We must hurry. My last class for today arrives in 15 minutes. He motions for Sapphire to take the violin closest to her. Tune the instrument, Miss Anju. And Mr. Daniels, get the guitar on that side of the room. Bring it here and tune it. No problem. I find the guitar. There's just enough time for the next test. Wicambi places the vellum with Paganini's Diabolus and Musica Sonata on the music stands in front of Sapphire and me. Sapphire breathes in deep, exhales, tucks her violin under her chin, stares at the music. Her forehead wrinkles, her focus intense. Then she plays. A shiver trickles down my arms and a quiver sensation flutters in my core. She finishes the song. My eyes missed. That was incredible, haunting, and beautiful, I say. McCamby claps in approval. And now, Mr. Daniels, you shall play. I pick up the guitar, examine it, strum it, tune it. I strike the first chord shown on the vellum for guitar and a current of wild energy shoots down my spine. Effortlessly, 
Music flows, flows, flows from me, and Paganini's secret sonata transforms into a soul-tugging sound sensation. I finish the last note. My arms and legs shake. Sapphire holds her arms tight against her body. Her hands clutch her shirt. The bottom of her eyes are red. Steady, salty tears stream down her cheeks. The way you played that song. It was the most beautiful, melancholy bliss that resonated inside me. She touches the center of her chest. It brought profound comfort, peace, and release. A deep exhalation escapes from her mouth. Her expression holds elation, and her body carries a lightness. Wakambi stands speechless. His face illuminates happiness. Professor, I hate to sound conceited, but why did my music seem more intense and passionate than Sapphire's? I ask. This song in its original form is forever Paganini's, he says. But it also forever evolves. As each new person learns to play this song, and gives a piece of their soul to the song, so too does the song become ever more richer, ever more soulful evermore to the stars and beyond. He pulls out a handkerchief, wipes his face and eyes. Mr. Daniels, Miss Anju, you bring me profound joy. To hear this song played at all is rare, but hearing two different versions on the same day, extraordinary and sublime. So what's the plan now? I ask. He walks over to a wall cabinet, opens the doors, and pulls out a lighter and two black candles. He hands one candle to Sapphire and the other to me. Now we destroy the music and find out if my research was right. He lights the candles. Each of you, hold the sheet music over the candle. My temple throbs, my neck tenses, my fingers tighten. You had me deal with graves to get the vellum, and now you want to burn Paganini's music? We needed the vellum because writing Paganini's sonata on the vellum breaks the magical veil that protects Paganini's music. He looks at the candles, then at me. And now, we must destroy it. There's not much time. Hold the music over the lit candles. Sapphire and I follow his instructions. One second passes, then two seconds, then three seconds, yet the vellum does not burn. Wakambi's face erupts in a mixture of confusion and rage. No, 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 this isn't right. You both completed the writing on playing ritual. The vellum should have gone up in flames, turned to ash. What did we do wrong? Sapphire asks. Wakambi's gaze darts from each candle to the vellum. Switch music with each other and attempt to burn it again. He motions for us to swap sheets of vellum. Sapphire and I do, and hold the vellum over the candles, but again the vellum will not burn. Wakambi's face is somber and grim. He blows out each candle. This should have worked. But now, I believe I understand why Sinti's men haven't attacked again. Why? I thought Cynthia wanted Paganini's music, I say. 
He must have known our attempts to destroy the music would fail. Wakambi's tone wavers on the edge of defeat. His exhalation is heavy, carries a burden. I'm afraid when Miss Anju plays the song at midnight, the devil shall be summoned after all. Can't Sapphire just mess up the notes, I suggest. Could that work? Sapphire's tone holds a note of hope. No, it doesn't work that way. Once you've played the song as you have done, the song shall be played at midnight wherever you are. You will have no control. You will play perfectly, unable to stop. Can Sapphire do or say something to the devil to stop Sinti? I say. Anything is possible. But this is beyond what my research has uncovered, Wakambi says. What exactly do you suggest I do or say to stop the devil? Sapphire wrings her hands, uncertainty written all over her face. Perhaps it shall come to you as you play, Miss Anju, Wakambi says. Not helpful, and not inspiring. And this from the man who knows everything about Paganini. I reach out and take Sapphire's hand, and our fingers interlock. And what do you want me to do, sir? You shall go retrieve your instrument on rehearse your village idiot set in Central Park. The band arrived this morning and should have set up by now. You'll get to rehearse as planned. Miss Anju shall arrive backstage during your concert. And after the second half of your show ends, Miss Anju will be called to the stage to perform. And it shall be glorious. Should we take the vellum with us? I ask. No need. This song locks into your DNA, your cellular structure, your core. It's for every part of your essence now. Wakambi gathers the music and vellum and puts it in his drawer. Mr. Daniels, do keep Miss Anju safe. And try to stay out of trouble between now and your show. Nothing is going to happen to Sapphire, Professor. Much can happen between now and midnight. If anything happens to Miss Anju, you are the only one able to complete the ritual. His stiff posture seems extra starchy. Everything's going to work out. A sense of calm purpose fills me, fills my words. If we don't succeed, Cynthia wins. And no one wants that. But what if this is all a part of Cynthia's plan? McCamby's face is full of fluster. The question hits me like that familiar knowing and gnawing that fills my gut whenever I'm sure the Wendigo is about to strike. Could Wakambi be right? Is all of this part of Sinti's plan? Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 39 New York City Renfair